the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the uh, the show here that we've got uh, jam-packed. Uh, too much information we sure do have in a short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, there's a particular situation you may have heard going on here in the city of Pittsburgh right now in the Garfield neighborhood of the city. And, uh, Kath, unfolding for the last several hours. Yeah. Uh, it's being called an extremely active shooting situation by Pittsburgh Public Safety. People are being asked to avoid the area of Broad and North Matilda in Garfield. And there is, I think this is an understatement, a large police presence. Hundreds. There. Hundreds and hundreds yeah. of Pittsburgh police officers. So it's um, one, one guy who is being served an eviction notice on his house. And it looks as though uh, he's reacted badly. Uh, it's surprising that such restraint is yeah, being shown. Yeah, I agree. When you think? Gunshots are estimated in the hundreds. Yikes. Hundreds. Uh, and reports that the shooter is shooting police drones out of the sky. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what what's the thought process? Well, I don't... I'm the last person that should comment on any police strategy, so I have no idea. Right. But the suspect has fired at officers, uh, as you said, shot down police drones, too, um, that I have read about in uh, today's Trib and PG. Um, I have a friend who lives in this neighborhood, uh, and I talked to him uh, maybe an hour and a half ago. Can't go home? He can't go home. He said he was already out when it started happening, and so he said he was just kind of... Well, you're not, gonna, not going home. No. So the good news is no one apparently has been injured, mm-hmm. no police officers, no neighbors. Right. And so whatever the strategy is, wait it out, storm it at some point, uh, who knows? But I'm sure all of us will be keeping close tabs on this uh, ongoing story. The home uh, is owned apparently by the man who appears to be the shooter's father and okay. sold the house earlier this year. Hmm. God bless them. God yeah. bless everybody here for the safety of yes. everyone involved. Yeah, for I mean, sure. you got somebody with that much firepower and a number of hundreds of police officers out on the street. It uh, certainly a calamity about to happen. We'll keep our eye on that story as it develops, uh, while we also bring you a whole bunch of other various topics over the next couple hours. Uh, can I give a couple yeah, highlights, yeah. John? Please Are you do. ready? Mm-hmm. Um, the jobs most and least likely to land you on the Bachelorette. Lex, <laughs> <laughs> you I, I've I'm never watched the, a single episode of The Bachelorette. Me neither. It has something to do with a rose, mm-hmm. does it not? Uh, yeah, there is a I rose. Think, I, think I think so. Right? I've also, I've also uh, never FTD seen it. Florist. Um, Dr. Gary Chapman with us at 510. He'll talk about five traits of a healthy family. Very good. Steps you can take to grow closer, communicate better, and change the world together. That's a good subtitle for sure a book. Is. Mm-hmm. It is a brand new book by Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, he has sold... I mean, millions of copies in his Five Love Languages yep. series. And we always look forward to Dr. Chapman joining us. And so that's at 510 today. Um, also, there's a big hotel perk that for those of you who've traveled regularly have gotten used to. I know I've gotten used to this. It's always been free 
and it's not free anymore. No soap? I'm not telling what All it right. is. Okay. That's coming up at 5 o'clock. And in this hour, um, we'll talk about our human identity with uh, Grant Horner, who's a professor of English and Renaissance. So this will be a really interesting topic of kind of how we think about ourselves and how we end, ended up where we are. Mm-hmm. Who are we? Right. And should we scorn Mary? Mary who? Like the mother of Jesus? Um, scorn or Mary. Or maybe should we not venerate? Should we? Are we? Should we be afraid of Mary? Right. There is like a we don't want to get too here. close because the evangelical, you know, thing is well, you know, she's just another person. But the Roman Catholic understanding is that she's extraordinary. Yes. And the Orthodox understanding is that she's also extraordinary. Right. Um, it's a contentious. But what is it? What What is that? Bring you to do the extraordinariness. Nice. Okay. Of so Mary. we'll talk about that with uh, Dr. Charles Camosi in just a little bit. Yeah. But as that's we always a lot, do, isn't it? It's not a lot. lot of things. Uh, but wait, there's more. Okay. There are. That's what they say. But wait, there's more. So as we always do, we kick off the show with the news stories of the day. So, Kath, without further ado, please give us the top four at four. It is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. Other than the news developing and the active shooter situation in Garfield, I have uh, four other items and I'll start here. Bring it. Number one, a plane believed to be carrying Yevgeny Prigozhin, owner of the Russian mercenary force Wagner, has crashed in Russia and all aboard have been killed, according to Russia's state task news agency. The plane was carrying 10 people. Social media channels close to Wagner said that Russian air defenses had shot down the plane. Video footage posted by onlookers showed what looked like the trail of a missile and the jet falling out of the sky with one wing missing. Russian aviation officials didn't immediately provide a reason for the crash. Well, here's one. <laughs> Prigozhin had launched a mutiny in June, if you remember, taking over a southern city uh, called Rostov, marching on Moscow. And at that time, Wagner crew shot down Russian military aircraft. Now, they were holed up after the mutiny failed in uh, Belarus, mm-hmm. but just earlier this week, a Prigozhin released a video from an unnamed country in Africa, really, where he said he was focusing on battling Al-Qaeda and an Islamic State. Now, whether he was really there, nobody knows, but it's just, it seems like Putin can act with impunity. Of course he just, can. He can just do whatever the heck he wants to do. What goes on I mean, I, in the hearts just, and minds? I can't. I just, I really can't get over the brazen nature of that story. I just really can't do it. Anyway, number two, uh, four days after speaking of Russia, their moon probe crashed. Uh, India's Chandrayaan-3 robotic lander dropped out of orbit for a rocket-powered descent to the surface of the moon. I love it. Successfully touched down to, uh, to the moon's south pole. And it was an automated landing. And apparently, uh, as people who are experts in this field say, India is now at the level of space superpower, mm-hmm. making it only the fourth nation after the U.S., China, and the former Soviet Union to land a spacecraft on the moon and the first to reach that south polar region. 1.3 billion Indians cheered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Indian spokesperson said the success belongs to all of humanity. All of humanity. The sky is not the limit. Which I thought was funny. Good. Uh, it was carried live on YouTube. Did you watch it? I did this morning. Uh, yeah. What'd you think? I, I got super excited. Yeah. I mean, of course, like all these things, it's just an animation. They're, they're showing the animation of what's actually happening. But what I loved was the 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 eruption from all the crowd. Of course, they were like at their space center, so there were many thousands of people. Gigantic smiles. Big, you know, big, big super excitement. 
that they had arrived. You think about four years ago, they tried this exact same thing. Right, and that was ended a, in not, failure. Right. So they held their breath and made it work. Uh, so congratulations to India. Uh, we'll soon join you on the South Pole of the Moon. So the possibility of ice deposits at that part of the, the moon is going to trigger a whole other space race. Yeah, everyone's running right? now. India is clearly interested in that. And NASA's Artemis program plans to send astronauts there. Uh, Japan, the European Space Agency, yeah. you name but it. But again, we had more than a 50-year head start. We did. We did. That's from CBS News Today. Number three, the Taliban have prevented scores of female Afghan students from traveling to the UAE for education. It's another horror show another um, outcome of what happened when the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan. Uh, Khalaf Ahmad Al-Habtor, chairman of his uh, self-named educational group, said he provided an opportunity for women, John, to study in collaboration with the University of Dubai, but despite securing admission, accommodation, transportation, health insurance, and an array of comprehensive services aimed at ensuring the comfort of those female students, the Taliban at the last minute said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Taliban barred women from most areas of public life in Afghanistan, uh, cracked down on media freedoms, girls are not allowed to go to school beyond the sixth grade, prohibited women from working at local and non-governmental organizations, and that is going to contribute, don't you think, to the increasing alienation of this country, which is already in humanitarian Yes. Crisis. God bless those young oh men. Oh, my gosh. And number four, the spot and lantern flies. We've been talking about this week, John. You know mm. the ones covering our building Everywhere. in Green Tree? Well, it finally hit the papers today in a trip story. Um, Moshi Marvit was quoted uh, today, got, got off to work in Green Tree this week and said every single car in the parking lot was covered with spotted spotted lantern flies. Apparently they are peaking in Pittsburgh right here. And that's your top four. Very nice. I was at lunch today sitting outside. That was a mistake. (laughs) Was it gross? Yes, it was gross. Yeah. They were in my salad at one point. (laughs) Just saying. We'll take a quick break. You can't stomp on them when they're in your salad. An unusual subject. Why evangelicals shouldn't be afraid of or scorn Mary and the saints. That's next here on The Ride Home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. W-O-R-D. Get ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with the hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. I'm in my chair at home. Every man, you have a chair, don't you, sir? Darn right, you have a chair. If you ever went missing, they give a cushion in that chair to a bloodhound, wouldn't they? Find that smell! Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's comedy tour. Are we there yet? And then they revive the dog and send him on his way. Word FM presents Jeff Allen Friday, October 6th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. Tickets and Word FM fan club discounts now at wordfm.com. According to independent studies, AccuWeather has been proven to be the most accurate source of weather forecasts and warnings. In the longest continuous forecast accuracy study comparing AccuWeather to National Weather Service temperature forecasts for Washington, D.C., AccuWeather forecasts have been more accurate in greater than 99% of the months since the study was initiated in January 1998. If you want to be correct most often, AccuWeather is your only solution. Go to AccuWeather.com or download the AccuWeather app in the App Store or Google Play today. Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. 
sponsored by Pfizer. Introducing Term Busters, a Christian-owned company that can help you save on term life insurance. In the highly competitive term life industry, rates have significantly dropped in recent years. For instance, a 45-year-old non-smoker can now secure $1 million of coverage for just $75 per month with a level rate for 10 years. Similarly, a 50-year-old non-smoker can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110 with a guaranteed level rate for 20 years. Smokers can also benefit from our great rates. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. Whether you're in need of new or replacement term life insurance, call us today at 1-800-558-9940 for a personalized quote. Don't settle for paying more than you should. Remember, the number to reach Term Busters, a Christian-owned and operated company, is 1-800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-smoker underwriting and an exam is required to qualify. Call 1-800-558-9940. Just because time marches on doesn't mean your skin has to. Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont helps you turn back the clock with Smooth Glow, the revolutionary age-defying non-surgical solution to sagging skin, sunspots, and fine lines. You'll see immediate long-lasting improvements in as little as one 45-minute treatment. Get the celebrity sought-after look without injectables. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection where your results are their business. Visit chilledtoperfectionpgh.com. Mary, the mother of God. She is adored, venerated by some Christians, and held at arm's length with some suspicion by other Christians. Why is that? Mary and the saints. Dr. Charles Camosi is back with. He is professor of medical humanities at the Creighton University School of Medicine. He is the author of multiple books. His most recent is called Bioethics for Nurses, A Christian Moral Vision. Mary... Charles, what is the deal? <laughs> well, um, I think it starts with Jesus, right? So I understand why some Christians look at other Christians who venerate Mary with some suspicion, in part because it seems like it's not connected to Jesus, right? Especially if you think of one thinks of Mary as having some special superpower or whatever, something like that, or is like a, a goddess or demigod or something like that. But um, I'm, I'm Catholic, and in a Catholic context, we're not the only ones, like Orthodox Christians especially venerate Mary, and some others do. But in a Catholic context, it really does come from what we, or who we think Jesus is. So, for instance, you, you may have heard of, or your audience may have heard of, um, you know, Catholics celebrating the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, sure. or... Which is, or the, uh, which is not the conception of Jesus, it's the conception of Mary, who we think needs to be sinless. Why do we think Mary needs to be sinless? It's because Christ was God from fertilization. So Mary bears Christ, God, in her womb. Their blood intermingles. They have this incredibly intimate, the most intimate relationship we can have as human beings, right? Mary is that. So this is kind of a long answer. But the, the bottom line is the kind of sin that all human beings had, we think Mary couldn't have had if she had that kind of relationship uh, with Christ. So from a Protestant perspective, um, yeah. none of that, or not, not none of that, but the particular part about Mary being sinless is not um, mm-hmm. mentioned in the, in the scriptures. But none of us uh, are beyond using both uh, the scriptures and tradition in how we understand uh, our relationship with God and his relationship with us. Um, 
growing up, I I was in a split family. So I had um, two parents of different faiths. My dad was Roman Catholic. My mom was Protestant. John had a similar situation. Pretty much so. Um, And so the subject of Mary, well, first of all, the subject of religion was never broached at home. Mm -hmm. Never, ever, ever, ever broached. We swam in it. Okay. So so split marriages handled different ways. Yes. And, uh, of course, Charlie, I, I went to a Catholic grade school, and we venerated Mary. I mean, I, it, Mary was, you know, there was Jesus, and right below Jesus, just a little touch, was Mary. <laughs> right. right. Right? I mean. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think, I think uh, as I was thinking about what, what to say when I was talking to you guys about this, I was saying, you know, there, there is some blame for Catholics in this regard, right? Often we're, the, the teaching and the language and the rhetoric really does suggest something that the church actually doesn't teach, right? Um, like praying to Mary, for instance, or praying to the saints isn't technically what we do. We ask Mary to pray for us, right? Anybody that say the rosary knows that we pray, ask Mary to pray for us sinners now at the hour of our deaths, right? So it's, it's that Mary has some special power, right? It's God, Christ, um, three in one, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity that has the power. But but Mary can pray for us. That's what we believe and has a special relationship, obviously, with Christ as Christ's mother. Right. But but yeah, I, I take your point, right? I grew up in Catholic schools as well. I even taught Catholic schools. I mean, it's the sloppy language, but I don't know what you think about this, though. A lot of times, at least in my experience, Jews and Muslims look at Christians and say, well, what are you guys talking about with three persons in one God? Is Christ different from God? Are there three? Do you have three gods? Or you, you guys talk like you mm-hmm. have three gods. Right. right. And um, in fact, that's the critique that Muslims especially have is that you're tritheist or polytheist. And we have to say, say, well, no, like we kind of talk that way sometimes, but it's more complicated than that. And there's a whole theology that's really that sometimes we don't even fully understand. It's kind of mysterious. There's something going on there with this too, right? It's we can talk this way, and it sometimes comes across that way, but the theology really isn't what, what it's sometimes saying it is. Right. Okay. But at the same time, you know, this goes back um, hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, um, Mary at Lourdes, right? Or uh, school children, you know, Mary speaking to school children. And, of course, you know. Like the one, kids at Fatima? Right, at Fatima. You know, one of the mysteries of the faith. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of Catholic mystery surrounds that, right? Yeah, and this is not limited to Mary. So one, uh, this is another difference, I think, between some Catholics and some Protestants is we do believe that there is a kind of robust relationship we can have with those who have died, right? And there's a lot of Protestants, especially evangelicals, who, who have biblical warrant, they think, they say, for, for the fact that we don't have relationships. We can't have relationships for people who have died. But, yes, this is another part of the story, a, part of, of a big part of the relationship and story, frankly, with Mary and the saints is we think they have died. But they're not strangers to us. In fact, they're very, they can be very intimate. We have very intimate relationships with them even after they die. And I don't think that's, I mean, I don't know what you have as far as your experience with relatives of others who have died. I don't think that's just a Catholic experience. I think there are plenty of non-Catholics who at least imagine themselves as having a kind of relationship with family members after they die. They think they can ask them to pray for them or otherwise kind of intercede uh, for them after they're, after they're dead as well. So I, well, I, I mean, that is that's not something that I've ever seen in any uh, Protestant teaching about, you know, asking those who have died to pray for us. But since getting to know uh, some Orthodox friends, I do get it more, you know, uh, you get it, but don't believe it. Well, I don't. 
I'm not. I don't think I do. I, I don't see any scriptural basis for it. But right. at the same time, I get what this friend of ours was saying. She was saying, you know, if I'm having trouble, I am going to say, John, you're my friend. Please pray for me. Yes. And she said, that's how we look at the saints. Intercessory. Right, right. So so would you marry your, my friend? Would you pray for me? So I, I do understand it much better than I did before. And Charlie, growing up, I thought that that was crazy crap. You know, because I was I was immersed in a, in a in a Protestant situation, and I just didn't understand the reasoning behind it. But so saying, so Charlie, so saying, Mary, please pray for me, and so please tell Jesus to pray for me. There's a conduit there, but in, um, evangelicals or Protestants would say we don't need the conduit. We're going to go straight to Jesus. Yeah, um, I've heard that as well. I, I guess I'm just not at all convinced by it. In part as as you just mentioned because we ask people who are alive to pray for us all the time right no i don't know anybody who says why are you asking your grandma to pray for you right. you don't right. need right. Right. jesus to pray for you yeah um so the principle doesn't seem to be that one the principle in the debate seems to be about whether those who have died can still intercede yes. for us and pray for us and catholics believe that in part because they have died and and are you know you know close to god in ways that we're not and and that mary in particular is close to to Christ in ways that we're not, um, that that there's some special way in which they can intercede for us. You know, that's that's important. Dr. Charles Camosi is with us. He's professor of medical humanities at the Creighton University School of Medicine, and he's been a good friend of ours for a long time. And so that's why we can talk about these weirdo uh, denominational differences. Okay, so last week I was with a friend who was ill, and we were talking about this subject, Charlie. And I said, I shocked him. I said, let me say the Hail Mary for you. Now, this is a very deeply devout, dyed-in-the-wool evangelical. And so I said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. That's the Hail Mary. Okay, now up until the very last statement, it's just words from the Scripture. It's totally biblical, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, with a word, with a right. word or two that's right. slightly different, but it's, and this is another um, kind of, um, you know, strange thing that's happened in Catholic evangelical conversations is somehow it's believed that Catholics don't care about the Bible or something, or that we, right. you know, it's it's that it's it's Bible plus, it's not minus, right? So we care deeply, of course, about that's the right. foundational scriptures, right? In fact, in fact, you might be able to. Depending on your one's definition of the Catholic Church, the Bible was put together under the auspices of the mm-hmm. Church, right? Right. Centuries, it wasn't clear what books were even in the Bible. So, but yes, it's it's incredible. And then, yeah. So, and then, but pray uh, but for I us. but I can't get to, and I, you know, I'm speaking as a Protestant here. I mean, there's no yeah, secrets. Yeah. I can't get to the point of pray for us sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. You can't get there. I can't get there. I can't. Why so, am I asking Mary to do that? Well, I guess it's if 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 you had a really hardcore person who says there's only one mediator, and somebody were to somebody caught you again asking um, John to pray for you, Mm -hmm. would you accept somebody's critique that says why are you wasting your time with John of all people? No, you're right. I wouldn't say that. Right. 
You're right. Yeah. I would not Although say I that. I have heard that. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the question's been asked. I mean, asked. he's so suspect anyway. <laughs> What's going yeah. on, man? Yeah, no, you're right. I, you're right in delineating the the difference in belief is that whether we're asking dead people to pray for us or we're asking, you know, those of us who are alive. But Mary in heaven it, with God. Sorry, Charlie, go ahead. Right. And and who we believe, we just, I think, maybe one impetus for this. I don't know if this, this was true, John, when you reached out to me about this conversation as I was tweeting about the, the Assumption of Mary, right, yes, which yes. we celebrated a week or two ago, which comes directly out of this again, that because Mary doesn't bear um, the sin of Adam and that it was through that sin that death comes, Many Catholics, there's some debate about it, but many Catholics believe that Mary had to have not died, that she was assumed into heaven, uh, body and soul. And that's where I think it's so interesting. No, wait, to no, think wait, about. Why, wait how, why, do, why do Catholics assume that? Because this, again, goes back to Scripture, that if Mary had to be born, again, it comes back to Christ, that's too, it. right? If, 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 if the Immaculate Conception is true, right, that Mary was born without sin because she had to bear, be the God-bearer, right, bear Christ right. in her womb, have blood intermingle, have this unbelievably intimate relationship with God in God's self, right, Christ Jesus, that that she didn't she didn't have what we call original sin or the sin of Adam, and it was through that sin, of course, that death comes, right? right. So Mary is kind of like the new oh, Eve. I see. She's like I get it. She's like Eve, Eve who didn't right. sin. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she wouldn't okay. have been able to take. Does that make I sense? Get, so, I get that. So it seems it seems like it seems like it's esoteric and like it seems we're going way off script into these weird things, but it's it's really just an attempt to follow through with what we believe about Jesus, right? right. And and to see that that comes through Mary. You know? Right. Except if I mean how the I I I can't buy <laughs> I can't buy the uh, the sinless the immaculate conception of Mary simply because how far back are we going to go I mean there's blood commingling with everybody so if if right, Jesus right. if Jesus couldn't be if Jesus was born without sin and he says, well, that couldn't happen without Mary being born without sin, then what happened to Mary's mother? I mean, like there's there's too much blood commingling. <laughs> well, it's it's not so much that it's a sinless person. It's that God was inside her. Right. So right. there's a distinct Eve, difference. Eve, okay. Eve, 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 Eve gives birth to. Uh, if if Eve had not sinned but had given birth to Cain and Abel, right, mm-hmm. there was there would there wouldn't be the same set of issues. It's 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 that God in God's very self was inside of Mary, and and one could reject that obviously and say this is not our yeah. view that one right. that 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 Mary has the same sin as all of us, and that God you know can do what God wants and and ha- and live and and move and have His being inside a person who bears the original sin of Adam, and that's that's what I think the views of a lot of Protestants. But I'm just trying to say where. Try to explain <laughs> where this comes from, right? It comes from this view that way that Catholics say, "Well, no, it, it, she had to be immaculate. She had to be born without sin." That's good. This but is, this will not divide us. No, we'll see you in heaven for right, sure. Absolutely, right? Charlie. We've been friends for so long, and this so. is just different. I hope yeah, so. this is different ways to look at stuff. I, I just there was just a message from a listener saying, "I love this conversation about Mary. I love hearing what you're all saying." Well, hell, Mary, full of grace. No, get- <laughs> right, Charlie. Thanks an awful lot. Yeah, that's right, Charlie. So good to talk thanks. to you. Thanks. I'll pray for you guys. Uh, (laughs) We'll pray for you, too. We will, Charlie. That we we get converted to the one true religion. Charlie Camosi, professor of medical humanities at Creighton University. He's the author of multiple books, Bioethics for Nurses, A Christian Moral Vision is his latest. And he is such a good author. Check out his stuff. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. 
the first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest-tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Current events are unfolding like it's right out of the book of Revelations. From the threat of AI to genocide, wars, man-made bioplagues, everything prophesied in the Bible looks like it's happening now. After speaking to Christian leaders from all over the world, I believe the next step is a man-made crisis completely designed to take over our economic freedom. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, a Christian author and media analyst who breaks down current events to people just like you who are concerned about their future and the future of their families. I always tell my listeners and my people perish for lack of knowledge is what the Bible says. You need knowledge about gold IRAs from Birch Gold Group. That's the best, best option. To see why, text the word FAITH to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. I recommend you get their info kit. That's FAITH to 989898. And then you'll be armed with the information you need in order to have peace of mind and guide your affairs with great wisdom. God bless you. Ron had a tax problem he just couldn't handle on his own. I owed the IRS taxes for over five years, but I didn't have any money to pay the taxes. Those years cost him dearly. Most of it was fees and interest. It was horrible. Ron finally called in the pros. I called Optima Tax Relief, and boy, am I happy I did. (laughs) The leading tax resolution firm, Optima, is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. They've resolved over a billion dollars for their clients. Ron was overjoyed. They settled my account with IRS. I was ecstatic. They are a lifesaver. They are. I am so happy. (laughs) Take Ron's advice and call Optima now for a free consultation. Yeah, don't do like I did and wait. Call Optima Tax Relief. Do it now. You'll be ecstatic like me. (laughs) Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right, 724-NEW-ROOF. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Tonight, rather cloudy with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, low 68. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, humid with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, high 86. A drenching thunderstorm tomorrow evening, otherwise humid. Thunderstorms tonight through tomorrow night can bring flooding downpours, hail and damaging wind gusts, low 70. Partly sunny Friday, very warm and humid with a thunderstorm, high 87. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, ready or not, pumpkin spice season is back and in full swing at supermarkets everywhere. Here's a quick rundown from People Magazine of what you can expect to see soon on your supermarket shelves. I like how we don't often go to People Magazine as a source. No, no, sometimes. This is an exciting moment, Lex. I told you I was sitting wow. in the doctor's office last week, and I was fell into a People Magazine <laughs> hole. So... Uh, so for the next week, we're going to be oh. just pulling out story after story. What do you hear about Jennifer Aniston? I'm just saying. How about some jet-puffed pumpkin spice marshmallows? That's gross. Mm-hmm. How about pumpkin spice Twinkies? Not also gross. Really? Toll House pumpkin spice cookie dough? Ew. Really? No. Uh, pumpkin spice Cheerios? Not bad. Oh, really? I think that could have potential. Right. Yes. International Delight pumpkin pie spice creamers? Yeah, that'd probably be good. Good Pop pumpkin spice latte frozen pops? Oh, wait, what are those? Good humor? Mm, good pop. 
Oh, good pop. Good pop pumpkin spice latte frozen. That sounds pretty good. Got it. Betty Crocker pumpkin spice cookie mix. Yeah, sure. of course. Three Wishes pumpkin spice cereal. Goldfish Dunkin' pumpkin spice no, grams. No, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldfish a, makes grams. I didn't yep. know that. Okay. Uh, Bobby's pumpkin spice mochi. <laughs> mochi. Mochi. Okay. Mochi. I don't like mochi. Do you like mochi, Lex? I love mochi. Do you? Okay, mm-hmm. you can have mine. I mispronounce it, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. Pumpkin uh, Philadelphia pumpkin spice cream cheese. Oh, your bagel. I've had that. How is it? Super good. Really? Yeah. Okay. And not low calorie. Bobo's pumpkin spice oat bar. Bobo. All right. Uh, Siggy's pumpkin spice ice cream. Little Bites <laughs> pumpkin muffins. I mean, this. I don't really Here's like pumpkin th- muffins. I don't like I mean, pumpkin you, spice. It's, that's, it, that stuff's easy to make. You don't have to buy pumpkin muffins. You could just make pumpkin muffins, right? Anyway, happy pumpkin spice season. 101.5 WORD. It's a special free offer from Word FM. Our Christian beliefs put us increasingly in the minority today. Alistair Begg's book, Brave by Faith, looks at the book of Daniel to help us deal with this new reality. But be encouraged, Daniel's experience in an unbelieving culture assures us God is in control, even in a world that denies him. Download the Brave by Faith audiobook free for a limited time at wordfm.com slash brave. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800 Our real goal at RPTS is to train people for ministry. Whether training to be a pastor or just wanting to grow in your walk with God, you'll find what you're looking for at RPTS. We want to see them really grounded in their theological growth. We want it to be heart-directed as well. We want to see students prepared to serve and to love the people of God and develop ministries that we think have a great partnership with the local church. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. Summer is almost over and so are the savings at Bachman's Roofing. Take advantage of the summer savings bonanza with no interest and no payments until 2025. Now is the perfect time to check off those home improvement projects. Cracked or missing roof shingles? Bachman's has got you covered. Looking to add solar? Bachman's has you covered. Time to upgrade that cracked siding? Bachman's has got your back. Call Bachman's today to schedule your free estimate at 412-472-7103 or visit GoBachmans.com. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic. 
unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. to welcome Grant Horner back to the program. Grant is professor of English Renaissance and Reformation at the Masters University and has also uh, founded and directed the Masters University in Italy, which I'll tell you what I'd like to see sometime. Grant, welcome back to the show. Hi, how are you doing today? Well, thank you. Yeah, Grant, happy to have you with us. Okay, so let's talk about uh, what's happening around the world, but really what's happening here in the United States, that apparently mistakes have been made. And we need to fix these mistakes. Our gender identity somehow is messed up, and so we can change this identity, yeah? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, the libraries all over the United States are moving George Orwell's dystopian novel, 1984, into the nonfiction section. Even Orwell could not have imagined how bizarre this is. And it it all has to do with language. It looks like the world has suddenly lost its mind. I think, theologically speaking, what's happening is that we are witnessing this unfurling, a rapid unfurling of a tightly wound package of lunacy, psychosis, pathology, confusion. But at the root, it's rebellion against God in whose image we're made and whose image in us, because we're fallen, we hate and we want to erase and eradicate and efface and obliterate that image of God in us because we hate that we carry around our own judgment in us. And it's taking form currently of this, this kind of what I call the transgender movement, an attempt to completely remove the way that God has designed us. And, of course, the secondary effect of that is to destroy the family, which is how men and women have always reproduced the image of God with their children. But wait, Grant, by you saying this, you're a hate-filled bigot. Um, you know what? I don't identify as a hate-filled bigot. I identify <laughs> as a loving person who tells the truth. And if you don't handle how I identify myself, you must be a hate-filled bigot. Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay. But I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. I was a woman trapped in a man's body, but then I was born and I got all better. Huh. Um, so, Grant, talk about how um, you see the conversation uh, around identity and sexuality happening. Is there a conversation? Yeah. What, what, what is that? What do you yeah. get from that conversation? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to do the, the, the most basic piece of research, you can find online copies of a famous famous essay from about 40, 45 years ago by a scholar named Gail Rubin. It's called Thinking Sex, Thinking Sex. And this is really what gets the, get, provides the kind of academic, supposedly intellectual background of gender and sexuality studies of all different kinds. Now, in public, I simply do not use the word gender. It is a, a nice little piece of rhetorical magic that separates out the feeling of how you feel male something else, something in the middle, uh, your biological sex. And so what happens with that little piece of rhetorical magic, when people don't think it through, is this idea that somehow gender and sex may be related, but aren't necessarily constitutive of and causative of one another. What people have always thought, which seems to be natural, it seems to be scientific, it seems to be based in material, biological, chromosomal DNA reality is that you're born male or you are born a female. It's wired into the blueprint of your chromosomal design. That's what you carry with you. As a general rule, if you have XX, you feel like a woman. If you have XY, you feel like a man. You can reproduce in certain ways and so on and so forth. Some people maybe don't quite feel all those things all the time. I think that's a result of the fall, the psychological damage of the fall. But that doesn't mean that you can change from one thing 
to another. Humanity corporately and humans individually uh, are not now suddenly and never will be changing our nature or altering our identity or beginning to inhabit our authentic self after some sort of transition from a previous false existence. It doesn't happen. If you have to depend on pronouns and unsuitable hormones and scalpels to make a supposed transition from what you are to what you are not, you're going to have my pity. You're going to have my concern, but you're not going to have my cooperation because it is a lie. And there's a, makes a significant difference between transmutation and transmutilation, like a moth transmutes into a butterfly because that's its nature. That's its design. The very fact that chemical and surgical mutilation is required to make a disturbed, uh, 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 psychologically disturbed individual think that they are a woman, but now a trans man, shows that it's unnatural. How in the world could surgery change what you are? It's simply a form of mutilation, and it's, and it's horrifying and sad. And all of the data that is out there shows that the that the psychological and emotional struggles, and I would say spiritual struggles as well, and the suicidal ideation and depression of people who are involved in the trans experience, there is no change, zero change at any point during the transition process. They sadly commit suicide and, and are depressed at the same rate and sometimes higher rates after going through these transition processes. Grant Horner is with us, uh, professor of English Renaissance and Reformation at the Masters University. Um, Grant, so talk to me about what you think um, gender dysphoria is. Sure. Um, I certainly can't deny what another person feels, and you can't deny what I feel. But if I begin to say, I feel like a 59-year-old man who's been married for 40 years and has three kids and seven grandkids, and I teach about the Renaissance and the Reformation, I really like Italy, we're going to say, oh, that's who you are. That's your identity. But if I tell you I am a refrigerated cucumber and mayonnaise sandwich on rye bread, you're going to begin to question my connection with reality. Reality is observable. It's testable. It's something that we can understand in a rational fashion and an emotional fashion. So when people experience gender dysphoria, and a lot of research has, has been coming out recently on the fact that gender dysphoria has gone through the roof. I mean, it's increased 15 to 20,000 percent its mentions in popular culture as well as scholarly literature. And it's clearly linked to this kind of social media virality um, uh, complex, as I call it. Um, the question really, though, goes back to the question of identity, this whole idea of, well, I identify as or I feel like identity is a very interesting word. You don't want to make too many philosophical conclusions based on etymology, but identitas is a Latin word that is the root of our word identity. And psychology today defines on, uh, on their website, identity encompasses memories, experiences, relationships, and values that create one's sense of self, right? So that's your, that's, that's your feeling with who you are. That's your internal conversation. This is who and what I am. The amalgamation creates, this is psychology today again, this amalgamation creates a steady sense of who one is over time. So I'm Grant. I was born Grant around four or five years old. I understood my name was Grant, that I was a little boy, that my mom was Liz and my dad was Wiz and I lived in Virginia and so on and so forth. And so over time, I have a fairly steady sense of identity if I'm psychologically healthy. So the question is, if we go back and look through the ancient world, I'm talking about the ancient Greeks and Romans, I'm talking about mm -hmm. all of Western culture in the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, and into the modern world. No one ever talked about this idea of identity. The Latin word identitas is where we get the word um, 
uh, for identity. And identitas, or idem, means the same. For instance, if you write a paper in college and you cite a source, and then you cite it four times in a row your footnotes, you put ibid instead of writing out the whole source again in your footnote. Ibid means in the same place. In other words, when they use the word identity, it simply meant the same. So when you see in the Bible, God says, I am that I am. It is God saying, I am who I am. So when Jesus says that in front of the Pharisees, right, in John chapter 8, John chapter 10, uh, he's saying, I am the I am, which is why they want to take up the stones and stone him. He's claiming that his identity, his self, is in fact Yahweh, the Old mm-hmm. Testament divine being. So for me to say, I identify as, linguistically, makes no sense whatsoever. And so my friend Carl Truman, who wrote the, wrote the book that kind of got a lot of this conversation going, The Psychologized Modern Self, The Triumph of the Modern Self, he kind of begins with that idea of expressive individualism. We have become so completely openly and proudly self-absorbed that we think identity is, yeah. the way I put it is, that it's a commodity, that it's a thing we possess that we can go to Walmart and exchange it for something else, or we can sell it on eBay and then buy a new one over there on Craigslist. But identity is not an exchangeable commodity. Yes. And so the truth is, as believers, that we are the image bearers of God, and our function is to reflect God's glory back to Him. Yeah, exactly. Right? And the primary way we do that is by bearing His image. So when God looks at a human being, he sees himself reflected in glory. Now, after the fall, that's all bent and twisted and messed up. We're, we're kind of like shattered mirrors. We continue to reflect, but we reflect God very, very badly and only partially. And you see this all over ancient culture. In Hierapolis, which is in modern-day Turkey, they had a temple uh, that was built over a fault in the ground, basically, you know, an open crack in the ground from which poisonous fumes were emitted, poisonous CO2 gases from geological events going on far below the earth. So they build a temple over it because they realize any animal that walked by this crack, any bird that flew over it, would drop down dead. So they're like, well, that must be the gateway to Hades, to the underworld. And so they dedicated the temple to their pagan Greco-Roman god, Pluto, and it was called the Plutonion. It's the home of Pluto. It's the gate down into hell. And so these priests who were dedicated to Pluto castrated themselves, dressed as women with makeup and wigs and dresses, and pranced around doing perverted rituals in front of this Plutonian crack. And they would hold their breath and crawl into the cave everyone knew was poisonous and then come back out, showing that they had power over death. Now, what's bizarre is you've got very similar weird things going on now. I mean, it's almost like there's a combined cult of, you know, uh, of these men who are trying to pass themselves off as women and people worshiping this bizarre CO2 climate warming uh, cult at the same time. There's nothing new under the sun. It's the same old thing over and over again. And it's all based in a pagan desire to, as John Calvin says in book one of, uh, and book two of the Institutes of the Christian Religion in 1559, human beings hate God but God's image is engraved into them. And so the more we hate God, the harder we try and scratch and erase and efface that image out. But it's like it's carved so deeply into the granite of our souls that the more we try to erase it, the deeper it shows. 
That's Grant Horner. Grant, I'm sorry that our time is up because I'd love to respond to that and have more of a conversation, but there's no time, especially I want to hear about how you spent most of your life in higher education in, you know, secular schools. I just have to hear how you're interacting with a lot of your former colleagues. We love this conversation. Anyway, Grant, also you studied under Stanley Fish. He's a friend of ours. Stanley Fish is one of the most brilliant people I've ever Isn't met. He's he ever. kind of a teacher mentor at, uh, at at Duke University when I studied That's there. So... I was actually in his very last Milton seminar. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to FreedomCare.com. This is John Hall with a special message from our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. We can all agree that every child in our community should have access to nutritious meals. When school is out, many kids lose their most reliable source of healthy food. It's a heartbreaking reality, but together we can make a difference for nearly 60,000 kids in southwestern Pennsylvania who go to bed worried about where their next meal is coming from. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank's child nutrition programs provide essential summer meals after school snacks, and educational resources to thousands of students across Allegheny County, helping them reach their full potential. But they can't do it without your help. Right now, just $1 can provide three nutritious meals that make an immediate impact on a child's life. Together, we can fight childhood hunger and build a healthier, happier community. To learn more and to donate, just go to pittsburghfoodbank.org. That's pittsburghfoodbank.org. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice, plus cryofacial for just $2.49. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com today. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home too at one hundred one point five WORDFM Pittsburgh. How safe do you feel here in the city of Pittsburgh? I'd say overall very safe. Yeah, me too. But some of the places that I've been walking uh, in downtown, uh, I don't feel safe there. Okay, so downtown has changed. Downtown and I has think changed. this is probably true of most major mm-hmm. metropolitan areas, right? The pandemic took people away from the major mm-hmm. areas. Yep. And, and kids spent a lot of time alone and. Lots of homelessness, yeah. right? Okay, so uh, of 16 large U.S. cities, Americans are most likely to consider Dallas and Boston as the safest places to really? live. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny. I've never been to either place. Dallas, yeah, okay. So I've been Dallas, to both airports and never outside the airports. Look, we've got a good friend, Scott Wilder, who was yeah. with us last week. And Lauren. I mean, you see Scott's attitude. Uh, you feel safe walking the streets of Dallas with I Scott. I guess so, you not? yeah. Okay, so uh, the, uh, the most unsafe city in America, sadly, is Detroit, mm. followed by Chicago, Los Angeles, New York City. To be honest, I never felt unsafe in New York City. Yeah, Never. But, yeah, but look at when you lived there. In the well, 80s. you, yeah. Philadelphia. But that was a pretty dangerous time to live in New so York, they right? Said, right? Like the 90s I were walked, when things started. I don't know. I walked into the streets in New York City at all hours of the day and night. And I never, I was never, never felt, never mugged, never felt any really? danger. Okay. None of that. Okay. Um, of course, I was 20 and 6'1 and, mm-hmm. you know, I guess left alone. All right. Uh, from unsafe to safest. Uh, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, then Atlanta, New Orleans, Houston, Minneapolis, Miami, Vegas, Seattle, Boston, Dallas. Interesting. Okay. I, I'm going to ask you to read again from the top down. Okay. Safest city. Safest city in the, yeah. in the country. Yeah. Dallas. Okay. Then Boston. Uh-huh. Then Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Then Las Vegas. Miami, Minneapolis, Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York, L.A., Chicago, Detroit. So those are the only cities that they... These are the major metropolitan areas that they focus on. This is a Pew Research program. Got it. The safest cities in this country. The 16 U.S. cities. Okay. That are the... Yeah. Well, I'm sure New Orleans is very happy to be on the high end because they were on the very low end for a long time. Right. Um, so that that one was kind of a surprise. Seeing Chicago and Detroit at the bottom, not too much of a shock. What is the perception? Now, when you hear about unsafe cities, a conservative will say, well, those are those are Democrat cities. Well, it's true. Right. I mean, whether that's the reason why is another question, but it is true. It is true. Mm-hmm. And why is that? I don't know. That's the question. Well, I mean, they pull back I mean, law enforcement. Right. Pl- yeah. I right? mean, um, partisans will say what's well, because it's a Democrat city. Yeah. But I don't know if that's all there is to it. I don't know enough about that, but it is true. It's hard to argue with. Yeah. I well, don't know. I, have you heard the latest about downtown Pittsburgh? That they're going to put in um, large trailers oh, of, of toilets. Right. I did read that. And so then people are going, wait a second, I own a business, one of the rare businesses now that's successful in downtown Pittsburgh. Don't put those public bathrooms in front of my store, anywhere near my store. Right. right? Like, where's that going to go? That's the first thing I thought of. Well, it's great that you're bringing them in. But, you know, this is not for the you know, this is not for you and I. This is for the homeless population. It's for the the people that are using Mellon Park as their bathroom. Right. So if 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 a portable bathroom pulls up next to Mellon Park. I don't I don't think the That's I don't think the happen. reason that people are using Mellon Park as a toilet is because they can't find a bathroom. No. I think it's because they don't care. Right. And they're high out of their minds right. or just whatever. Exactly. So if you combine high out of their minds and they don't care, then this is not going to solve the problem. Which is interesting because you know Mellon's Mellon Park was one of the Renaissance jewels of the city of Pittsburgh. It's directly in front of the William, William Penn, Penn Hotel, right. one of the most and storied right, hotels. Caddy corner from Hotel Monaco. Right. So if you can't protect that area, what can you protect? 
It, and it is. Look it's, at Mayor Ganey and the administration and the Peduto administration and go from there and you, you trace think, it back. And I just feel like you, if you think if you think portable bathrooms is going to solve the problem we no, have in not. downtown Pittsburgh, then you've lost your mind. I mean, in the old days, if you had to go to the bathroom in downtown Pittsburgh. You go to Kaufman. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> I mean, what it was. Let's, I mean, I think we all know how to do this, right? right? Exactly, right. That's a different time, a different piece of our life. Anyway, that's our 4 o'clock hour of the ride home. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. Stick around. Uh, five traits to a healthy family. That's next here. Stay with us. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Your healthcare. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Milwaukee, the site of tonight's 9 p.m. Eastern first Republican presidential primary debate of the 2024 election cycle. Greg Cluxton reports. Nine GOP candidates qualified for the debate, but only eight will be on stage this evening. Pointing to his large lead in the polls, Donald Trump will not participate. The other eight, especially those polling in the low single digits, hope to grab more of the spotlight and create a breakout moment during the two-hour debate. A few candidates who did not meet the RNC's donor and polling requirements are blasting the process as corrupt and rigged. Greg Clugston Washington. A deadly Russian business jet crash. Wagner mercenary chief Yevgeny Prigozhin was on that jet's passenger list. The Dow is up 155 points. The S&P 500 gaining 46. This is SRN News. So this is a radio ad, and I wanted to tell a story that proves that sometimes bad moments can often lead to good moments or opportunities. But my story was about 30 minutes, so instead, here's the headline. Loving family's beach vacation is ruined by a flaming lasagna and nephew vomiting on gate agent, only to be saved by the most meaningful staycation ever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and bad creating some good is exactly what we're seeing right now. Interest rates are not great, but they have finally brought home prices down, at least for a bit, creating an opportunity, which is why we're seeing thousands of listeners across the country looking to buy the new home now because the price is forever with the plan to refinance the rate tomorrow when rates settle. If that's you, please know that we have a direct lender advantage that can often save you lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Attention, your withdrawal has been denied by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. 
Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. Current events are unfolding like it's right out of the book of Revelations. From the threat of AI to genocide, wars, man-made bioplagues, everything prophesied in the Bible looks like it's happening now. After speaking to Christian leaders from all over the world, I believe the next step is a man-made crisis completely designed to take over our economic freedom. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, a Christian author and media analyst who breaks down current events to people just like you who are concerned about their future and the future of their families. I always tell my listeners and my people perish for lack of knowledge is what the Bible says. You need knowledge about gold IRAs from Birch Gold Group. That's the best, best option. To see why, text the word FAITH to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. I recommend you get their info kit. That's FAITH to 989898. And then you'll be armed with the information you need in order to have peace of mind and guide your affairs with great wisdom. God bless you. Tonight, rather cloudy with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, low 68, mostly cloudy tomorrow, humid with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, high 86, a drenching thunderstorm tomorrow evening, otherwise humid, thunderstorms tonight through tomorrow night can bring flooding downpours, hail and damaging wind gusts, low 70, partly sunny Friday, very warm and humid with a thunderstorm, high 87. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Last weekend, we were at uh, Penn State, up in Happy Valley, for my son's uh, college graduation. We um, booked a hotel room in preparation of this months and months in advance. Because, of course, in these high-volume events, a regular room rate doubles and or triples. So we spent a night in um, like a comfort inn. Okay. It, you know, it wasn't like, you know, the, we paid almost 400 bucks. You're kidding me. No. And it was a fine room. It was fine. You know, it was like a, they call it a mini suite. All it is is a room with like a little sort of a chunk where there's like a rollout bed or something right. as well. You know, what struck me though was. Um, wow. The accoutrements, like, you know, there was literally a bar of soap and maybe a two-ounce bottle of shampoo, and a two-ounce little thing of conditioner. And there were three of us in the room, my wife and I and my, and my other son. And we, <laughs> we had to be very careful <laughs> washing your hair <laughs> that next morning. Yeah. So amenities are becoming, no surprise, yeah, everything's becoming squeezed. It, every, every last thing is squeezed. And in reading the Wall Street Journal today, John, this last hotel perk yeah. that I have utilized over and over again, through the years of traveling, when I read this article that said that it will not be free anymore, I was close to despair. Is it the breakfast? No. What is it? Late checkout. Oh. Can I request a late checkout? It's a thing, you know, you say when you call down to the desk and it's maybe the night before you got in late and you think, you know, checkouts at 10 a.m. Yeah, that's typical. Can I request a late checkout? Okay, sure. What time would you like to check out? Noon. Okay, 1 great. p.m., 
Great. No problem. We don't have anybody coming into your room. That'll be fine. Thank you. Not anymore. Don't set my alarm. Good to go. Not anymore, because apparently this started at Las Vegas Casino Hotels, where this has been a rule for years. But now properties all across the country at a spectrum of price points from budget hotels to luxury ones are trying it. So uh, the Hyatt Place in Boston Seaport, according to The Wall Street Journal, has a lineup of late checkout fees along with the hotel essentials. So what? when you're ordering your room service or you want, you know, what you're going to pay for your parking in the underground garage, yeah. if you want to stay past 1 p.m., that'll be $50. Whoa. 2 p.m., $75. 3 p.m., $100. Okay, I get it. Choice Hotels website says early check-in requests are subject to a surcharge. New York's TWA Hotel advertises early check-in fees of 25 to $75. Early check-in. Early check-in. So that's like, hey, can we get in early? We're going to a wedding. We need to change. Right, right. Well, you can, but you're going to have to t- have to pay for it. Well, it's not really a surprise, is it? I think it's appalling. Yeah. I think it's appalling. There are just some, like, what is the deal? Not, everything, Profit. everything is just hard. Yeah. Everything's for sale, Kath. I just makes, Time is for sale. Does, does that, that doesn't bother you like it bothers me. It doesn't bother I me. Hate I, mean, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. If you want the extra perk, you pay the extra because cash. Here's, but here's the thing. If nobody's coming into the room, right. I, then it's not, the reason it's never been charged is because it doesn't hurt them. Right. If the room is booked the next day, they say no. Yeah, get out. Yeah, you can I have a late check in tomorrow? No, I'm sorry, we already have coming in somebody coming into that room. Well, okay. So if you if you are the late checkout fee, right, and you and so five thousand guests a year do that, or a thousand guests a year do that, that money adds up. Well, no kidding. It's more but, than the bottom line. But there's but profit there was, drives everything. But there's supposed to be a relationship between yeah. somebody who owns a property and someone who's staying at a property. The relationship is your credit card. That's all. That's how it works. I. I, you know, to be honest, I never used the late checkout. I never did. We just got out of the room. Let's go. You know, I'm, I a, always, I'm a dad. My job is there. Let's go. I always like to stay as long as possible the in the room. Yeah. I like the cushion. Mm, I get it. Now, some people say that if you dispute, if you dispute, if you dispute the fee, um, then you, you know, they the might, pushback. they might let you go if you do, you know, provide a significant amount of pushback like, and they're like, also I, saying that if you're a member like i'm a hilton member oh yeah um then you you have a little bonus in exactly that. you have a little bonus right. in that. so if <laughs> i i'm never going to be that guy i'm not going to i'm going to dispute me from staying a little longer but you're just, never going to no, do that i'm not going to do that just, why is that because i'm just going to move on why, why i don't want to get into it i'm just going to keep on moving why because you don't want to have the conversation with the person it, at the front desk I, it's not that important to me i mean seriously lexi how do you feel about this She's going to move on. What? Are you going to stick around? Are you going to make the dispute? No, I'd, pro- I'd probably just eat it. You know? That's exactly. That's how I feel. I'd be go. upset about it, but I'd still eh, eat it. Eh, I don't yeah. want to bother anyone or inconvenience anyone. <laughs> we're all, we're all so compliant. A, I what? hate being a bother. What yeah. if nobody's coming into the room? It isn't a bother. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a bother. It's like, it works for me. It mm-hmm. works for you. Okay, great. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you so much. Some people, like the people at the front desk are just trying to do their job, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to give them any flat for- okay. Uh, for man, upper management's decisions. My guess is, Kath, if you ask your husband, he would not, he would not back you up on this. You think? Yeah. That's exactly true. We've argued about this a hundred times exactly. when we travel. He's not. 
He's like, well, let's just go. And I'm like, well, let's let just... me just call and see if we can get a late checkout. <laughs> no, it... And he's always like, why? And I'm like, because. Because we can. And oh, let me call and we'll get a late checkout. Fine. And I'll pay the fee. Fine. You, John, you, Lexi, and Eric, you can all right. travel together and get out early mm-hmm. and feel good about yourself. And I'm just okay. going to have a little extra time. So it's a negotiating tool. You say, okay, we'll leave early, but I'm getting an Amazon box this week. <laughs> That's all I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> I did order something for him from Amazon. (laughs) It comes tomorrow. Oh, the little sleep mat. Yeah, I did. Excellent. Changes life for the better forever. I think so. All right. uh, Speaking of disputes, uh, coming up next, (laughs) five traits of a healthy family. We'll find out if uh, we have one. Very nice. Gary Chapman stays with us. Steps you can take to grow closer, communicate better, change the world together. Gary Chapman straight ahead. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. 101.5 WORD. If God is so loving, how could he send anyone to hell? Good question, and it deserves an answer. John MacArthur tackles a truth that may be difficult to accept, but it's central to both God's character and to the gospel we are called to proclaim. Be here for John's study, Wicked World, Angry God, on Grace to You. This is John MacArthur inviting you to listen to Grace to You every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on 101.5 Word FM. We can hardly believe it, but it's time for the last barbecue of the summer at the Springhouse in 84. Don't miss out on this great summer taste treat. And come to the Springhouse this Labor Day for fantastic chicken cooked over the pit with lots of country vegetable casseroles, homemade rolls, homemade desserts, and of course our own Springhouse chocolate milk. Eat in our picnic patch or sun porch or take it home to your own picnic. And although this last chicken barbecue marks the end of the summer at the Springhouse, it also signals the beginning of lots of fun fall events. We'll soon be having hog roasts and pumpkin patch hay rides, plus lots of other special events to celebrate this beautiful autumn time of the year. So be sure to come this Labor Day to the Springhouse and help us celebrate. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-511-1991. That's 800-511-1991. 800-511-1991. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Reuter2 today. 
I don't think there's anything better in this world than a loving, stable family. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the best. You've seen it. So how do you do it? How does it work? Gary Chapman's back with us. Gary's been a guest on our show over the years. He's an author, a speaker, a counselor, number one best-selling author of the five love languages. His brand new work is called Five Traits of a Healthy Family. Gary, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, John and Kathy. It's good to be with you. Always good to have you here, Gary. Um, so you've written so many five uh, love languages uh, books, and you've sold millions and millions of copies. Uh, tell me why you decided to focus this time on family. You know, in our culture, we have so many people who have grown up in a dysfunctional family, and they honestly have no idea of what a healthy family even looks like. Mm. And I've had so many of them in my office through the years who say to me, Gary, I just I don't know. I don't know how to have a healthy family. Mm. So uh, I'm trying to help them as well as all the rest of us who maybe did grow up in in healthy families uh, have a healthy family ourselves. And so that's why I wrote this book, and my hope is it's going to help a lot of people have what they want to have, and that is a healthy family. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see it, right? Uh, It's hard to define it in some ways. So, Garrett, when you look at a healthy family, is there a center point? This family does this one thing really, really well. I think the foundational stone, and this is one of the five traits that I share, is that in a healthy family – we have an attitude of service. The husband has the attitude, I'm here to help my wife and serve her in any way I can. She has the same attitude toward him. They have the same attitude toward the children. And then they teach the children. In our family, we serve each other and we serve other people. So as the kids get a little older, they're involving those kids in serving other people and teaching them this is what we're all about, serving others. You know, it's based on the concept of Jesus who said about himself, I did not come to be served. I came to serve Mm. and, of course, to give my life a ransom for others. So it's following that model. To me, that's the foundation stone. If we don't have that uh, attitude, uh, we, we, we probably won't have a healthy family. Gary, can you tell the story of the college grad who comes to you and says, hey, can I can I move into your house and serve your family? Well, this guy had finished college, and he was in our city. He had moved, really, with four other guys, and uh, they were living together and and had jobs for the summer. But he got a full-time job teaching in in public school. And he came to me at the end of the summer, and he said, uh, Gary, he said, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. He said, my father was an alcoholic, and he said, "I, I really don't have any idea of what a healthy family looks like. And would you be open to my living with you and Carolyn and your children for this year so I can just have a picture of what a healthy family's like. Mm. And I said what any sane husband would say, well, let me talk to Carolyn about that. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> so I talked to Carolyn, and as I talked and shared what he said, and she already knew John because he'd been coming to our house every Friday night with, with a lot of other students because – we had open house for for college students for 10 years at our house every Friday night. So she knew who he was. And she said, you know, Gary, that, that might be a good idea. Hmm. And I said, well, how do you think it'll affect the children? She said, well, let, let's talk to the children about it. So we talked to the children, and they thought it would be nice to have a big brother. Excellent. 
And and so I said, but honey, where are we going to put him? We only have three bedrooms, and they're all full. And I'm, well, <laughs> she said, well, the basement is empty. We could put a wall down there and make a room. Hmm. I said, well, yeah, we could. So <laughs> at any rate, after prayer, we did. And John came and lived with us for the whole year and just... We integrated him into our family. He was just like a member of the family. He had things to do, like he would wash dishes and other things. But he also observed our children, how Carolyn and I related, how we related to the children, they related to us. So, and he says he hates to think what would it be like if he had not spent that year with us. Oh. He's gone on to do wonderful things for God himself with that's, his family. Gary, that's a great story. And so in the centerpiece of, of it, which you made reference to is, uh, if the family's to be healthy, then the marriage has to be healthy. Yeah, there has to be an intimate relationship between the husband and the wife in a healthy family. Now, when I say intimacy, a lot of folks immediately think of the sexual part of marriage. But it's far more than that. It's intellectual intimacy. The husband and wife share their thoughts and their ideas with each other. They discuss issues openly with each other. And they feel free to do that. And then they have emotional intimacy. They share their emotions with each other, positive and negative, how they feel about circumstances and what's happening in their life during the day. In fact, I suggest couples, why don't you have a daily sit down and listen time and just tell each other two or three things that happened today in my life and how I feel about them, you know? So they build emotional intimacy. And then there's social intimacy. A healthy couple will do things with other people. You know, going out to dinner with people or having lunch with people or going to church or going to a ball game. or But we do things with other people. And then we share what happens when we are not together, but we were with other people. And so, you know, social intimacy and then spiritual intimacy, to be sure. And I don't mean preaching to each other. You know, I don't mean to say, I read this this morning in the Bible, and I think you need to hear this, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I say, you know, honey, I read this this morning, and it was very meaningful to me. I, I just want to share it with you. It's sharing our spiritual journey with each other. And then, yes, there is physical intimacy. But if it's a healthy family, the husband have that deep, intimate relationship in every area, every aspect of life. Fabulous. Gary Chapman is with us. The new book is called Five Traits of a Healthy Family, Steps You Can Take to Grow Closer, Communicate Better, and Change the World Together. Um, Gary, I loved reading in the book about what you thought marriage was going to be like and uh, how different it was than you expected. Six months into your marriage, you were in despair. Can you talk about it? Yeah, and I'm really glad John did not ask to live with us in those in those uh, uh, that yeah. stage of our marriage. He probably never gotten married if he'd mm-hmm. seen us at that stage. Yeah, you know, no one told me that we come down off the high of that in love experience. I was always told if you got the real thing, it's going to last forever. And uh, now we know the average lifespan of that euphoric state that we call being in love. Uh, is two years. We come down off the high. And uh, my wife and I dated two years before we got married. I came down pretty soon after the honeymoon. Hmm. And and then we didn't we didn't agree on stuff. You know, we had conflicts. And uh, and when you're in love, you don't think you'll have any conflicts. So we had no idea how to solve conflicts. I knew I was right, whatever the issue. She knew she was right. And we tried to convince each other. And sometimes we got loud. We We, we argued a lot. I remember one night, it was pouring down rain, and we were in an argument. And in the middle of the argument, Carolyn walked out the front door and slammed the door and walked out in the rain. Mm. 
And I thought, man, this is bad. If a woman walks in the rain, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we had a lot of struggles in the early years of our marriage. And I I was enrolled in seminary at the time. I mean, two weeks after we got married. And I was studying to be a pastor. And here I am, miserable in my marriage. And it really did not turn around overnight. I mean, it, it it was a while before we turned things around. In fact, I remember when I said to God, I don't know what else to do. I mean, I've done everything I know to do. And, you know, my attitude was she won't listen to me, you know. And as soon as I said that, there came to my mind a visual image of Jesus on his knees washing the feet of his disciples. And I heard God say to me, that's the problem in your marriage. Hmm. You do not have the attitude of Christ towards your wife. Hmm. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I remember what Jesus said when he stood up. After washing their feet, he said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. But in my kingdom, this is the way you lead. The leader serves. Mm. And I knew that was not my attitude. You know, my attitude was something like, honey, if you'll listen to me, we'll have a good marriage. You know, (laughs) she wouldn't listen to me. And I I just said to God, forgive me. With all of my study in theology, I'm missing the whole point. And I said, please give me the attitude of Christ toward my wife. Mm, In retrospect. It's the greatest prayer I ever prayed about my marriage because God changed my attitude. And and three three questions made it practical. When I started asking these questions, my marriage began to change. Simple questions. First of all, honey, what can I do to help you? Second question, how can I make your life easier? And the third question, how can I be a better husband? And when I asked those questions, my wife was willing to give me answers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She did. <laughs> and I started serving her. And within three months... She started asking me those three questions. And when you get it going that way, you're on the right track. That's so excellent. The new book is called Five Traits of a Healthy Family. Gary Chapman's with us. So, Gary, uh, the marriage, of course, is at the center, and then the marriage bleeds down into the children. Uh, For a lot of people, they grew up with especially a father who was rigid and demanded respect. How do you raise children where there is a child who obeys, but at the same time honors. You know, I think we have to tie uh, those two together. First of all, parents should accept the reality that we are the authorities in the family. Children are not to be running families. Just as God is our father, God gave us some things he said don't do, other things he said do, and everything, every one of those grew out of God's love for us. So all of our rules and guidelines, children need them, but they have to grow out of our love for the children. We have these for their benefit. And so we explain them to our children, you know, here's here's the rule and here's the consequences. Just, Just like God disciplines us if we do wrong. But that discipline should always be wrapped in love. First of all, it grows out of love, but the child should feel that love. So let's say you have a rule that we don't throw the ball inside the house. We throw it in the backyard, but not in the house. And if you do, here's the consequences. The ball has to go in the trunk of the car for two days, and you lose the privilege. And if you break something, we'll have to pay for it out of your allowance. So now the child knows the rule, and the child knows the consequences. So let's say the child throws the ball in the house and breaks a vase. The parent says, Johnny or Mary, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. You know, normally you keep the rules, but you know you broke the rule this time, and you remember consequences, right? And they are nodding their head and probably crying, 
and you say, okay, let's take the ball and put it in the trunk of the car. And so you do. And you say, now, I don't know what the vase will cost. We'll have to find out and take it out of your allowance. But listen, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of you because usually you follow the rules. You give them a big hug. And that child walks away knowing that what happened, the consequences, they deserve. And and so they learn to follow the rules. So it's it's a loving attitude, not a dominating attitude, not a hateful attitude, not yelling and screaming at the kids, but wrapping the, the discipline in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, God, we know God disciplines us, and he does it for our good. So, you know, he's trying to get us back on the path, and that's what we're doing with kids. Excellent. Gary, the the challenge of being consistent is just, it never ends with kids. It really yeah, doesn't. Yeah. My husband and I were out for dinner uh, just last week, and it was a family restaurant. So it was like, you know, children were totally welcome. It certainly wasn't a quiet place. So there were kids all over the place. But we were um, at a table next to a family who had two little kids. And it was really remarkable because... Um, one of the children would do something that their parent didn't like. And the parent would say, Joey, if you do that again, we're going to have to leave the restaurant. And of course, Joey would do it again. And the dad would say, would look at the dad, looked at the mom and said, he doesn't listen to me. I can't do anything with him. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing happened with the other child and with the mom. And you could see that the whole system was completely non-working faulty yeah because every uh you know every condition wasn't met every standard wasn't met and there was never a consequence yeah yeah and so kids learn you can do what you want to it doesn't matter what they say they're not going to do what they say and so the child grows up to learn i can do whatever i want to do now you put them into adulthood (laughs) and we have literally thousands of young adults in our country and that's where they are they do what they want to do. You know, they don't have any respect for authority outside the home because they didn't have any respect for authority in the home. Yeah. So we have to be consistent in, in, the, in the consequences. And don't, don't say something like, uh, we're going to leave the restaurant, if, if indeed you're not going to leave the restaurant. You know? uh, so make, make the consequences try to fit the crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you one more question, Gary. In, kind of in that same vein, what about uh, I, I? For some reason, I've seen this a lot more lately. So I don't know if this is a societal trend, but I see a lot of parents who are talking about their kids to other adults in front of their kids, yeah. like, yeah. like you know, one parent looking at a friend and saying, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know what to do with Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Like Carolyn yeah. is just she she won't listen to me, or Carolyn always does this at this time of night. Well, that's or humiliating. It, it's humiliating, and I I feel yeah. like it's weird that they don't think they're kid hears that yeah i think you're exactly right you know now if you want to say something good about your children in front yeah, of other people different that's thing. good you know, say you know little mary here i'm telling you this gal is a smart gal and she does her chores at home i'm proud of her you know well that's building her up you know and encouraging her to do her chores or whatever it is you've, you've affirmed her for but no to put a child down in their presence in front of other people that's humiliating for the child Gary, there's so many questions that we could ask you. If we could only have you on speed dial 24-7, we'd really appreciate it. (laughs) But in lieu of that, I don't think he's willing, John. Uh, I do want to recommend the book Five Traits of a Healthy Family by Gary Chapman. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Kathy.
Good to be with you and John. Keep up the good work of helping people. Thank you, Gary. And you as well. What a great ministry. I mean, you see it. You know it. You know it. A healthy family, five traits of a healthy family. This is excellent work. Gary Chapman. Find out more at the website, fivelovelanguages.com. Maybe you have a junior or a senior in high school and you're thinking ahead, okay, let's go and let visit different colleges. You, you've done this, right? This is, this is how this works. I remember going with my son when he was an early senior in high school. We went to Grove City College. We were there maybe an hour, and he turned to me and said, this is my school. And I was like, what do you mean? This is the first place we visit. He said, no, this is where I belong. I feel it. I know this is what I want to do. Hmm. Funny, we had a similar situation in our family, except I wasn't on the trip. It was my husband with our daughter, and uh, she was at the end of her junior year in high school Hmm. and took a trip up to Grove City. And she had already kind of decided she was going to go to Pitt because I went to Pitt um, and because she, she kind of grew up in Oakland. She went up there, did the tour, came home and said, that's where I want to go. And I said, Wait what a minute. did you want to what? go see? What are, you, what are you talking about? It's your first place, yeah, right? Yeah, but that's where she wanted to go, and that's where she went. If you've not been to Grove City, you really got to see the place. It's a 180-acre campus, beautiful, really inspiring. Mm-hmm. It'll feel like home. So if your child, junior, senior in mm-hmm. high school, thinking about where to land, schedule a visit. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you're going to love what you see. Find out more information online anytime, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. John's family loved it. I loved it. You might too. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. Select quote Fontania, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Gary, we're just here from the Gateway Clipper. Come on down to the river and join us aboard our all-new Lock and Dam dinner cruise. Experience a trip through a lock, enjoy our all-new buffet, and listen to great music. Sailing Thursdays. Tickets visit gatewayclipper.com. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Tonight, rather cloudy with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, low 68. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, humid with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, high 86. A drenching thunderstorm tomorrow evening, otherwise humid. Thunderstorms tonight through tomorrow night can bring flooding downpours, hail, and damaging wind gusts. Low 70, partly sunny Friday, very warm and humid with a thunderstorm, high 87. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
does what make sense? Styrofoam. Mm. Cups, plates, styrofoam packing peanuts, the to-go containers, you yeah. know, that you yeah. fold over and you stick the little tab in the thing. Right. Does that make sense? A cooler. Remember when styrofoam was like, whoa, do you remember that? No. I, like 1960s, I think, okay. to me, styrofoam. A friend of mine posted a photograph of his breakfast that he's lying in bed in a hospital. It's in a styrofoam container. It looked horrible. We drove by a neighbor's house the other night with a gigantic styrofoam cooler, like they had ordered steaks or yeah, something right. like that. Styrofoam, I'm sad to say, it makes no sense. It really doesn't. Do you think it makes sense? Not even a little bit. What's your connection? I got, I placed an order from a company that I hadn't ordered from before. And the order came in a box filled with packing peanuts. Oh, those are the worst. They get everywhere. They, they're static clingy. The cat wants to eat them. Yeah, yeah. They, you can't vacuum them up. They're, it's, it's a horrible, plus styrofoam cups. Yeah. You know that little weirdo, that scratchy sound? Mm -hmm. that it's Not good. I hate that. I hate that the, the nails on your styrofoam cup. Yeah. Plus, it, it who wants to, to drink go. out of a styrofoam cup? It, and it's horrible for the earth. I'm surprised that packing peanuts are still a thing. Uh, why are they well, still those, even available? Those little air, those air pockets. They're things. so much better. Yeah, they are. So why, so why are we still, and if we get a to-go stuff from a restaurant, I don't, I, I don't know why we're still doing that in styrofoam, because it's okay. cheap. So it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Right. All right, does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Gumball machines. Oh, a gumball machine. That was for that was for rich families. Like when we were out, no when I was a kid, never, ever, ever was I allowed to ever no. get something from a gumball the machine. The ultimate gumball machine was the little things in a little plastic case. Yes. That rings or little books. Yeah, especially because my for some reason my dad thought that was cleaner. Cleaner. Oh, of course. <laughs> now I had a friend in New York City made his a uh, very handsome living with gumball machines. I didn't think that was possible. He did. And every Friday night, he would go and he would collect on Friday, come in and sit at a bar with bags of change and then roll the coins. He mm -hmm. made a good living. Okay. But today, no one carries no one change ca anymore. No. Nobody carries change anymore. So, and I don't think gumballs are that big of a deal. People like a gumball, though. They're bad right? for your teeth. I still think they make sense. Do you? Mm -hmm. I still, I'm like, I've become my dad. I think maybe they're dirty. Hmm. 101.5 WORD. The Encore 2023 series of listener favorites concludes this week on Truth For Life. You'll find out how in God's economy, your weakness is an attribute, how keeping your promises is vitally important, and how the right focus can keep you steady in a confusing world. Listen to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. 
Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. If you owe $30 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $30 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. So it doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now, think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are low or later when rates are much higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Groups has a free guide called Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. The book of James gives us a long list of guidelines for godly living that can be overwhelming. We're told to love all people equally, not boast, don't speak evil. That's just the beginning of the list. How can we do this when our wills compel us to go our own way? The book Radically Whole provides practical help for managing a divided heart. Ask for your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the role of chaplains, whether in hospitals or colleges. I mean, I think for in most the military. of us, yep, right. most of us have connected in one form or another Sports with chaplains. Uh-huh. There's a, an interesting article um, on NPR, and they inter- they took a long time and interviewed a chaplain who she calls herself an atheist chaplain. And she says that she sees her atheism as a gift. Now, what's interesting about this atheist chaplain, um, her name is Vanessa Zoltan, and she's uh, in Los Angeles. Both sets of her grandparents were in concentration camps in World War II. Mm -hmm. And miraculously, both sets of those grandparents obviously survived. Mm-hmm. So her theology, her worldview is through the lens of what happened in the Holocaust. Now, you would imagine that would make sense. Oh, my God. Well, it. I can't. First of all, I'm not going to tell anybody who is associated with the Holocaust how they should feel about no, something. No, no, no. You know what I mean? So uh, I, let me say that up front. Uh, she said that she asked her dad once about God, and he said, if there's a God, he hates us. He's a he's a Jew. Right. If he's you a God. You can imagine right. being and surrounded by us. And by us, he meant the Jewish people. Right. Um, her dad's historical understanding was that every generation, there was an attempt at total eradication of the Jewish people. Yeah. And she said she grew up around Iranian Jews in Los Angeles who had moved from Iran because of that, and also Jews from Russia. So that was just something that was part of her 
worldview, yeah. her understanding. Yeah. And so when she sees community, she tends to look at people, especially growing up. Hey, do you think our neighbors would be the kind of people who would hide us? Mm-hmm. Right. You think about Anne Frank and yep. all those people who were Corey Ten Boom. Right. Shuttered away because of the kindness of their neighbors. That's how you would choose your friends, your neighbors. Isn't that, the fact that that's a question that has to be asked on earth is so tragic. Now, this this chaplain says, as a little girl, that's what she was taught. Right. Look around and who are the good people? Who would hide us? Yeah. Someone might be the person who needs to leave immediately. So who do you trust? She goes on to say that now that she's an adult, she thinks the absence of God can be really beautiful. It means our responsibility to take care. It means it's our responsibility to take care of each other on the earth. And everything courageous and beautiful we do is on us. Mm -hmm. And so I see my atheism very much as an act of optimism, that it is our job to make the world as good of a place as possible for as many people as possible. At the same time. They ask about prayer, and she said, oh, yeah, we prayed in our house. We did uh, Friday night Shabbat dinners. So we prayed over the wine, the, the challah. The, my father would bless the children. My grandparents, when it was all at their house, they would all bless us. But it wasn't to God. You did it because that was what cultural Jews did. It's just ungrateful not to bless each other. Uh, and so she said, my grandfather was not only a, an atheist, but he spat in the face of religion a lot of his life. He had this very complicated r- role with religion, this relationship. His wife of 50 years passed away. After she passed away, the grandfather went to the temple every day, twice a day, to say the mourner's prayer for her. I mean, it was time to uh, recite the Kaddish. Instead, he would sit Kaddish. there, the, he'd read the L.A. Times. Like he was not following the service at all, but he would stand up and say this prayer. And so they asked him if he thought it was mattered, if, if God was paying attention, and or if Grandma heard him anything. And he said, no, it's just what she deserves. Mm-hmm. The dignity of life is what she deserved. That's interesting. There still didn't seem to be any sort of belief in God. It was just, you know, that's how you show someone you love them, that you showed up and you prayed for them, regardless if you believed or not. Isn't that fascinating? It is fascinating. She so, goes, she, she, let me read one other part, John. Yeah. She said that she's a, the interviewer asks, well, why not just be an agnostic? Yeah. Why do you have, why do you have to be an atheist? And she says, well, I'm a chaplain and see myself as one of the things that religion has to offer. I would like to be one of the positive things that religion has. I think religion has a lot of great things. And I think atheist chaplains are a necessary part of the tapestry. Someone who's going to say, it just sucks your mom died. She isn't in a better place. It just sucks. She's just gone. You're just not going to talk to her again and just be able to sit with someone in that. I think I have a role and a call on this planet to be that person. Most of the community members, get ready for this, who I work with and serve are ex-evangelical and ex-Mormon who have somehow been really hurt by traditional religion. Sure, I get that. Of course I get that. I'm tell- let, let me just break in. This is a parenthetical statement. But I really believe this. We, all of us, who follow Jesus and are in the Christian church need to be in a posture of repentance, all of us together, for what we have done to people who trusted us. Or failed to do. Or didn't notice. Right. 
or victimized or didn't listen to or whatever. And you can say out there, well, why do I have to ask forgiveness for that? It's not like I did it because we're a we're a family. We are a group. We are the bride of Christ. And so when one of us transgresses and shows the world some image of Jesus that isn't right, it reflects on all of us. Now, wait, though, if someone just came to Christ, they're not automatically going to be in repentance. Well, I think they I, I think that they should be. I think every person who comes to Christ should be in repentance. I mean, I get what you're saying, but to me, that's kind of down the road, right? Yeah. It it's, could... it's a responsibility after you grow in maturity in Christ. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of things are your responsibility as you grow in maturity. Right. But just reading this story, I thought to myself, if most of the people that she's ministering to are ex-evangelical, ex-Mormon, whatever, people who have been immeasurably hurt by the church, it just is one of those moments where I have to say, I'm just, I'm just really sorry because, right. because reading this article, I know that she looks at herself as an, as an optimist. She's a light. I think, she, I think it's a, a tragic tale. I think it's a tragic tale from the beginning to the end. Now, if she heard me talking, she would say, it's not tragic. You know, I think intellectually, you know, um, I, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine being an atheist and I'm, she's free to be an atheist, completely free to be an atheist. Um, but I feel like, Looking at Earth's only hope in our hands is a desperate future. Without a doubt. At the same time, if someone told me that they were an atheist, I would grieve for them. But I also appreciate the mm -hmm. counterweight to where I am because I need both sides of the coin in some way to make sense of the chaos of all this. Really? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I have hope um, in life in Christ after I'm gone. But for another side of people who live without hope, that's just the other side of, of, of where it is. And so they're not there yet. And like people we know who have had the 11th hour conversion, there's mm -hmm. still room for that, mm -hmm. right? Life is long and weirdly winding. Yep. And people find redemption Sometimes early, yep. sometimes late. And so I appreciate when people say, I don't, I don't have any belief. Because you, you appreciate that they're just honest about it. And even though they may be militant about not belief in God, God finds people where they are. Yep, that's true. And so I like that. Because how many people we talked to on the show over the years where God surprised yes. them? You yes. know, yeah. I've thought this through intellectually. I know this in my heart of hearts. Yep. And then... God showed yep. up and I go, yep. okay. I know we've heard, we've heard that story a thousand times. We sure have in every, in all sorts of different permutations. So that atheist chaplain and, you know, and we are all victims or fruits of the experiences that we grow up in. So she never really stood a chance of finding a deeper faith if she was surrounded by grandparents yep. who were victims of the Holocaust. Yep. Yep. And so that was the worldview that she absorbed. Right. So I appreciate that she is a person of some sort of faith. It's a but dead she's a person faith. of no faith. It's a dead faith. Yeah, it is a dead faith. But she's willing to engage in that and to talk with people who had faith and go through that process. I think that that, you know, that spiritual and intellectual muscle is a good and worthy thing. And it's necessary in society.
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it is necessary in society. But but, God it, help but, us. but again, when you're looking at people, if she is is ministering to people who've been hurt by the church, right, as, right? A, as an exit, right, as an exit, that's not good. It, right. So that's terrible enough. <laughs> right, right. But she's counting on this group of humans to be somehow good enough. Like she's already dealing with people who've been victimized by humans, but somehow she's thinking that, you know, we're going to aggregate enough goodness in all of our atheism to come up with something that's not that. And when I'm surrounded at that moment with those people who love me on my deathbed, then there's no hope forward. There's no, we're just right all over. Thanks everybody. See ya. That's all folks. Bye. That to me is like brutality. That. That crushes me. Me too. But I don't never want to be without hope. Never want to. At that last breath, they see the reality of Christ in their life. In just reading this and hearing, I just want to say there's a better story. Thank God. Let's face it, talking about life insurance is never easy. But after we watched a close friend lose her husband with no insurance, we decided that wasn't going to happen to our family. Yeah, but shopping for life insurance can be almost as difficult as talking about it. But then we heard about Ethos Life Insurance. They're a new kind of life insurance built for people on a busy schedule who don't have time for unnecessary doctor's visits, fine print, or hidden fees. You know, who want to keep it simple. I couldn't believe how easy it was. We answered a few basic questions, and within minutes, we had an estimate of what it would cost and what sort of policy made sense for us. I never imagined life insurance could be so affordable. And accessible. The peace of mind knowing that our future is secure, it just removes a lot of the fear around getting older and... Yeah, the unexpected. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we went with ethoslife.com. Go to getethos.com now for your free estimate. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Summer is almost over, and so are the savings at Bachman's Roofing. Take advantage of the summer savings bonanza with no interest and no payments until 2025. Now is the perfect time to check off those home improvement projects. Cracked or missing roof shingles? Bachman's has got you covered. Looking to add solar? Bachman's has you covered. Time to upgrade that cracked siding? Bachman's has got your back. 
Call Bachman's today to schedule your free estimate at 412-472-7103 or visit GoBachman's.com. Reports of new state requirements for PA public school teachers have many parents concerned about racial equity learning resources in the classroom to gender and identity politics. Now may be a great time to try Christian education, a faith-focused education that believes in transparency, parents, and that values every student. Get half off a year's tuition beginning this fall at a participating school near you, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Learn more at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Pittsburgh Christian Schools, education that believes in you. Shockingly, there have been 20 seasons of The Bachelorette. Really? And it entered its finale this past Monday. Really? Uh, three men were left standing. Wow. The self-described jobs for the finale were, one, tennis coach, two, medicine specialist. What's a medicine specialist? Is that a physician? Is I'm that a pharmacist? Sure. And three, medicine specialist. software salesman. Or is it an addict? It's a uh, random uh, grouping of professionals. And so- Wait, what's um, the last one? Um, software salesman. Okay. So I'm reading from uh, The Hustle. Um, <laughs> Which is a website that you... Uh, I have not delved into uh, deeply. Uh-huh. So the, the Hustle said, we're thinking about this, you know, these three jobs. Okay. Now, since 2003, um, there have been 523 different bachelors who have appeared on the show. Wow, okay. And uh, so here's how the show works, right? You see, uh, the show starts off um, 25 to 30 contestants who can for the affection of the bachelorette okay each week there's a rose ceremony in which the bachelorette gives out uh, roses those who do not receive one have to leave the final ceremony comes down to two contestants one of them proposes to the bachelorette if she accepts then he is the winner so since 2003 523 contestants Every single one of them is introduced by way of a pop-up box containing their name, location, their age, and their occupation. On occasion, uh, the, the producers get a little sort of um, cute. Uh, they introduce people as a meatball enthusiast or a, a hipster. But the, the job titles, of course, taken with a grain of salt. They once um, had a guy who worked at um, Home Depot, and they labeled him as a construction consultant. <laughs> It's like the medicine specialist. Yeah. So uh, the hustle did uh, a spot checking of of jobs, and they came up with um, a listing of how many people had this job throughout the years. Oh, okay. Okay. Leading the group, no surprise, uh, by Tennis far coach. and away, people in sales. Okay. Uh, Seventy-five people in sales because they're kind of they're another. selling themselves, right? Of really, in some way. Then banking and finance. Okay, that makes sense too. Then an athlete. Former athletes, generally. That, that doesn't surprise me either. No. Nope. Right? Somebody who works in real estate, somebody who's an entrepreneur, somebody who works in law or marketing. Now, at the far end. Least likely. Least likely. Of all the 523 contestants who appeared, three of them have been farmers. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Three of them have been motivational speakers. <laughs> Okay. Four of them have been CEOs, and four of them have been computer programmers, the nerds. Huh. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, so, and how about 
careers that were, that never appeared on The Bachelorette, like radio talk show host, right, or uh, folk guitarist, <laughs> podiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Heavy machinery operator. Yeah. You right? don't see that. Right? right. Or truck driver. Yeah. Right. Those are not like, you know, sexy occupations. No. Right. Right. But athlete, tennis coach. Oh, and yeah. Sure. What is that? Medicine specialist. Medicine I keep specialist. coming back to that. That's what really that interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's a podiatrist. Anyway. I don't think it is. Uh, we missed the rose once again. 20 consecutive seasons. Never having seen an episode. Hey, thanks for being with us. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.